Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Sorry, had to fix my shirt there before the show. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the Republic is uh, under serious attack. Not a joke, not hyperbole, not meaning to scare you, just meaning to inspire you to marshal the forces uh, to get ready to fight back. Because now's the time, as we always say, to start dancing. You know, the guy gets up and dances. Everybody makes fun of him. Talked about that video. It's not him that matters. He doesn't change the world. It's the second guy that gets up and dances with him and causes the dance party. Remember that video I've talked about? You all the listeners know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm going to talk about a few stories in the beginning of the show here that are going to set your oven on red line overdrive. <laughs> the judge in the Mike Flynn case seems to have completely lost his mind. We'll start there. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today, sir? I'm doing good, man. It's uh, the middle of the week, and right. you were trying to come up with an alternative to bake your bagels there, huh? We went into the kitchen. I was. Yeah. I know. You caught that, didn't you? <laughs> yes. I know. I say that. I, I try to diversify. And, you know, Paula, I just want it known for the audience, Paula yeah. has never heard of the term uh, hump, day. hump day. I just want that out there. Obviously, love her to death, but she's never heard of the term hump day. Brought up this way. Yeah. She was not kidding either. Middle hey, one week. quick thing. Please check out Bongino Report com our conservative alternative to the drudge report where you get the best conservative news of the day all right let's get to the show today show brought to you by our friends at harry's this is my actual harry's ray just changed the blade look at that nice and clean i keep mine nice and clean don't like dirty razors right this is the best harry's razors it's not the time to overpay for razors at the drugstore stop wasting money this is the closest shave you're ever going to get the thing that and joe is harry's customer too before yep. and he loves them too the best part about Aries is I only have to shave once. You know, I go on TV at night and I do the show in the morning. I used to have to shave twice, not with a Harry's razor. One time, you are golden. You don't get that razor burn or anything. Join the 10 million of tried Harry's. Claim your special offer by going to harrys.com slash Bongino today. Harry's is a return to the essential. Quality, durable blades at a fair price. Just $2 per blade. No tricks, no gimmicks, no middlemen. They manufacture blades in their German blade factories, but honing precision blades for a century. Get incredibly high quality blades at factory direct prices. Harry's is super convenient. Blade refills are delivered directly to your door on your schedule with or without a subscription. You don't have to go anywhere to get them. Feel good about your purchase. They have a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know. They'll give you a full refund. 1% of their proceeds are set aside for nonprofit organizations devoted to helping provide access to better health care for men and veterans. Good job, Harry's. Listeners of my show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash Bongino. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com slash Bongino and start shaving better today. All right, Joe, let's go. There it is. Ding, ding. Uh, so as I said, folks, in the beginning of the show, I, I'm... Yeah, again, this is not drama for effect, and I'm not trying to scare you. I just want to motivate you to understand, like, we're going to have to do things. You know, action matters. Action, not just talk. And by do things, you know, when I talk about liberal, liberals are the, the violent Antifa ones. We're talking about doing things that will actually create positive change. We're going to have to start doing things. We're going to have to start knocking on doors. We're going to have to start organizing for the election. We're going to have to start getting out there and voting. We're going to have to start petitioning, assembling, and doing what we have to do because we're in real trouble. What do I mean? So the Department of Justice has now acknowledged publicly in a formal document signed by the Department of Justice that Mike Flynn was essentially framed, that there was framed. There was no reason to interview Mike Flynn and set him up in a perjury trap. They've acknowledged that the evidence is everywhere. It's also been acknowledged that 
uh, material wasn't disclosed so General Flynn could properly defend himself in violation of Brady rules. The litany of things that happened to Mike Flynn that are really awful, the parade of awfuls mm-hmm. is almost endless. You ever go to that parade and you can't, you, you never see the end, like, is this thing ever going to end? Like it was fun for the first two minutes. It's like the inauguration day parade. You're sitting there like, is this thing ever going to end? We love the marching bands, but after the 10,000th marching band, we're good. No more marching bands, please. Stop. This is the parade of horribles that happened to Mike Flynn. And instead of the judge, because now the Department of Justice no longer has a reason to prosecute Flynn and has disclosed that there's been serious malfeasance in the framing of General Mike Flynn, the judge, Judge Sullivan, yesterday in a shocking move that I think blindsided everyone. Everybody knows Judge Sullivan is awful. He accused Mike Flynn of being a traitor on this, literally a traitor on this, and no evidence to be had to apologize later. Judge Sullivan is an embarrassment to the robe. He is. He's embarrassed himself and the justice, the entire Justice Department, the court system. He's embarrassed the, the whole federal judiciary. Yesterday, he comes out of the blue and says, you know what? I know the government's going to drop the case, but I think we should open this up for a bunch of leftist groups, basically, to submit a bunch of amicus briefs to the court. Wait, wait, wait. You know what? We Hold on. We haven't done this. Mm-hmm. Where is it? Where's my red flag? Do we have the red flag? Mm-hmm. Oh, here it is. I don't have the red flag. I have the penalty flag. Oh. Thank you, Mr. <laughs> penalty flag. So here we go. Laundry on the field. Penalty, what is it, 15 or holding? Are you serious? The Department of Justice. Why are you looking at me? Just give me a look. You, you, this, you know, she's like, she's not used to it. We haven't used the penalty flag in so long. What, what are we, are you crazy? The Department of Justice has already acknowledged this was a trap. A justice was abused to prosecute a three-star general who did nothing wrong. Legally speaking, you can argue the morality of whatever he did. And the, the legally speaking, he's done nothing wrong. Department of Justice refuses now to prosecute this case going forward. Serious malfeasance has been uncovered. And the judge is like, hey, hold on, T.O., flag on the field, folks. I'm going to let a bunch of leftist psycho groups submit a bunch of briefs to the court now, which is going to delay me dropping this case for weeks. Now, why would the judge do that? I haven't even got to the piece yet. You know, I usually anchor this in a piece. Because obviously the judge is a total disaster. Total, epic, cosmic, apocalyptic level disaster. And what does he want? The judge clearly wants these briefs to leak out into the media by a bunch of left-wing lunatic fringe kook groups who are total wackos, total kooks, nuts, lunatics. And that will in turn do what? Frame a narrative. Remember, because the media is not honest. The media is telling you a story, never the story. The media will be more than happy to print these left-wing lunatic nut jobs and their briefs. They'll be able to print the narratives in there that make this appear like Mike Flynn really got off when he did something wrong. Why? Because they need, they cannot Ladies and gentlemen, please take this from the show. If and we've been reporting on this for three years now, the left cannot allow Mike Flynn to go free and tell his story. They can't because his story about what Obama did to politicize intelligence, which Flynn has been blowing the whistle on for years. The story of Lovinger, the whistleblower, who tried to out the people targeting Flynn. Your tax dollars paid for people to spy on Flynn. 
all of this stuff is going to come out. The people who illegally unmasked Mike Flynn's name or put a Pfizer warrant or put a criminal warrant on him. We don't know yet. And then leaked his name, a felony to the media. All of this is going to come out and they cannot have it. They need Flynn in jail as a political prisoner, no matter what. They will not stop ever. The justice system is finished as we know it. I am sorry to report that to you. We can get it back. The fight never ends. There is absolutely no excuse for quitting. None. Sorry. We're looking for a quitter show. Go find another one. This isn't it. It's, oh, man, the justice system stinks. I'm done. You're not done. You're never done. I always say it's like a boxing match. You don't walk in and go, okay, I'm done. Because the other guy's still kicking your ass. It's not the way it works. You better fight back. Judge Sullivan is a train wreck, a total mess. They can't have Flynn free. He is effectively a political prisoner to a hijacked justice system serving as a political tool for liberals to prosecute their political opponents right now. That's a fact. Let's get to the piece. Fox News, Greg Jarrett. I want you to read this again. Be up in the show notes. The show notes are available if you go to Bongino.com slash newsletter. You subscribe to the show notes here. It's free. Of course, we won't spam your inbox. I will email you these articles every day. This is also at BonginoReport.com. This is worth your time. Greg Jarrett, who I know well as a friend, who's a great lawyer, author of The Russia Hoax, another great book. Greg Jarrett, Flynn Judge, talking about Sullivan, wrong to allow anti-Trump former Watergate prosecutors to interfere in the case? Yes, that's what's happening right now. The judge is allowing a bunch of leftist wacko groups to write up a bunch of op-eds to submit to the court so that the media can continue the political pressure to keep their political prisoner. The media loves this guy. They want, loves him in jail. They want him in jail, Mike Flynn, to keep the political pressure, to keep Flynn a political prisoner. That's all that's going on. Let's go to the Greg Jarrett piece. There are 16 former Watergate prosecutors. These are all anti-Trump lunatics, by the way. I'll get back to the piece, who are now determined to insert themselves into the Flynn case, who just happen to be the same lawyers, minus one, who penned, get a load of this, a joint op-ed in the Washington Post on October 10th of 2019 headlined, we investigated the Watergate scandal. We believe Trump should be impeached. Impeached. Of course we know how that turned out. So just to be clear, crystal clear, 16 former Watergate prosecutors who wrote an op-ed in the Washington Post about how Trump needs to be impeached. Obviously anti-Trump. They obviously can't stand Donald Trump. These are the ones pushing for these briefs to be submitted to the court to delay the dismissal of a charge against Mike Flynn that the DOJ has already acknowledged, already in a signed public form we can all read, should have never been brought against Flynn. There was no predicate for the investigation. Done. End the story. Now, you may say to yourself, because I, I like to give you the ammunition to fight back against your liberal friends who are typically, I'm sorry, straightforward lunatics. Not all Democrats. Liberals are nuts. They're a fringe radical police state group who have their political prisoner right now in Mike Flynn, and they love it. They love it. They're police state tyrants. They're Soviets. That's it. My wife has forbidden me from using the Soviet national anthem. She hates it. Even though yesterday's show did great. So I have to give it a, what do you think, a month before I can bring it back? Is it what is the Paula timeline? She does. She has a lot of influence over the show. She's from, she was giving me this. Yes, she hates it so much. 
<laughs> we don't agree on everything. But you may say to yourself and your liberal Soviet friends, they may say, well, listen, the filing of amicus briefs in a, you know, in a case like this, that's nothing unusual, no big deal. You know, it happens all the time, especially in this case, not an unusual. Does it really? Because Greg Jarrett's a lawyer, so he writes this in the Fox News piece. Too. This is kind of curious. Because Sidney Powell, Mike Flynn's lawyer, also pointed out that Judge Sullivan actually rejected 24 previous attempts by parties to intervene in the Flynn case. He did? Wow, that's strange. Matter of fact, in one of his prior refusals, Judge Sullivan made this declarative statement. Quote, the federal rules of criminal procedure do not provide for intervention by third parties in criminal cases. Options exist for a private citizen to express his views about matters of public interest, but the court's docket is not an available option. <laughs> yeah, that's it, Libs. Keep your myth-making, fairy tale, storytelling, political prisoner thing going. No, no, this is totally normal in a criminal case. That's funny because Judge Sullivan himself said that's not even part of the federal rules of criminal procedure and that this isn't the place for it in a criminal court. Interesting how now it is. This judge is an embarrassment. He's disgraced himself in the room. Oh my gosh, we can't say that about you. What, really? So you're going to allow a federal judge to keep a political prisoner in the United States who was set up and framed by the government, a three-star general, and we're all supposed to sit back and take it. Oh, we can't talk bad about judges. No, no, we're just going to allow them to politically imprison people. No big deal, folks. You understand what I just read, right? It's in Jared's piece. Screenshot it, read the piece. It's at the show notes today and send it to your liberal friends and say, if this is legitimate, and this happens all the time. Why did the judge say it's not legitimate and doesn't happen all the time? Matter of fact, it's not even part of the rules. Why would he do that? The answer is obvious to anyone who doesn't have a six foot thick skull coated in vibranium. This judge hates Mike Flynn, called him a traitor on the stand and then had to apologize. He's an embarrassment to the bench, and he wants to make sure Mike Flynn doesn't get off in this case. If there's an easier, more convenient explanation for you, I'd love to hear it because I'm just using the judge's own words as cited in Greg Jarrett's piece. What other reason does he have? Now, the great Jenna Ellis on Twitter, who I enjoy her tweets a lot. I think I uh, follow her, I'm pretty sure. Tweeted this out yesterday. And, you know, I, I use screen caps of tweets rarely. But when they really kind of sum it up, she's at Jenna Ellis ESQ, an attorney herself, obviously, given the uh, end of her Twitter handle. She says, Flynn facts. So it was a malicious prosecution by the Obama administration and the FBI. They concealed Brady material. They coerced the guilty plea out of Flynn. It was shown that he had ineffective assistance of counsel. This was an independent review, by the way, by the attorney general and an assistant United States attorney, AUSA. And the prosecution made him with the government made a motion to dismiss. This is a trial court. There is literally no reason for amicus briefs except political reasons. None. This man is a political prisoner who was framed by his government and a judge on the bench will not let it go. Listen, this audience, we had a big night last night. We're measuring our monthly audience in the multi-millions now, thanks to you. I don't say that for a self-praise moment. I say that because we can move the needle on this show. But we're not the be-all, end-all. We're not. 
There are bigger audiences on some cable news programs. I need people on cable news programs who believe in the right thing to pick this story up and run with it today because this is an embarrassment and this judge deserves no respect because he doesn't respect you and he doesn't respect the Constitution and he doesn't respect the rule of law. Folks, it's time to start dancing. I'm sorry. End the story, period, full stop. Don't let the one guy dance alone. Flynn right now, sadly, is dancing alone with his lawyer. It is time for all of us to back this guy. All of us. This is absurd. You may say, well, what can we do? Fair enough. Call your congressman. Oh, Dan, that doesn't do anything. You know what? It does, folks. Believe me, it does. Your congressmen are not going to be able to get this judge fired, but maybe they'll go out and speak out about it. We have to what they're tr- understand the fight going on here. I know you may think that's useless. I get it. I understand. Most of, sadly, most of your congressmen and women are useless. I don't disagree. But understand what the left is doing. The left are submitting this brief to Sullivan. Judge Sullivan, this judge who's now embarrassed himself. They're submitting these briefs in the hope of getting a story out there to the media to build political pressure, which matters, to keep Flynn in jail. The only way to counter that political pressure is to create political pressure of your own by telling the truth, the story, not a story. And the way to do that is to pressure your political representatives to follow up and say, listen, you have oversight. The courts are funded by the... What's the deal here? It's a disgrace what happened to Flynn. All right, let me get to my second sponsor, and then I want to get to... So so, just so you understand the opening segment of my show, I'm framing this under our republic is under serious attack, and I'm not kidding. So there's one down. The justice system is seriously under attack. Mike Flynn is effectively a political prisoner. This is not justice. He is a political prisoner being prosecuted for his political beliefs. And we have to fight back. Your very liberties are under attack and your economic economic liberty, economic well-being too. I'm going to get to that part in a second with this tracing. Did you see this tracing bill? HR 6666. That's not a joke. That's the real appropriately titled. I'll get to that in a second. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at stamps.com. For all our sakes, we need to avoid crowds any way we can. With Stamps.com, you can print postage on demand and skip those lines and crowds at the post office. Plus, you can actually save some money with discounts you can't even get at the post office. We use it. We mail out books here at Bongino Week. We use Stamps.com. Candid, we'd be lost without it. For me, we save a lot of money, but it's the time. I don't like driving around. I don't like going to the post office. It wastes a lot of time. As if that wasn't enough, Stamps.com also offers UPS services with discounts up to 62%. That's right. And no UPS residential surcharges either. There's no reason not to get Stamps.com to get it today. Save money, save time. There's no downside here. Stamps.com brings all the services of the Postal Service right to your computer and the safety and comfort of your own home or office. If you're a small business, you're an online seller, you're just working from home, Stamps.com handles it all with ease. Even big businesses, simply use use your computer, print official U.S. postage with Stamps.com 24-7 for any letter, any package, or any class of mail. Anywhere you want to send it, no problem. Once your mail's ready, just leave it for your mail carrier, schedule a free package pickup, or drop it in a mailbox. There's no human contact required. It's really that simple. Stamps.com is a no-brainer, especially now. It saves us, and it'll save you both time and money, and it'll keep you safe. Right now, our listeners get a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Here's how you do it. Just go to Stamps.com. 
Stamps.com. Click on that microphone at the top of the page and type in Dan, D-A-N. At Stamps.com, go to the microphone at the top of the page and enter Dan. Stay safe, use Stamps.com. All right, thanks, Stamps.com. Always appreciate you being here. So yesterday, so we talked about our justice system now, Republic under attack, completely falling apart. Judge Sullivan just throwing the whole rule of law, law and order thing out the window and be like, hey, let's just get a bunch of lefties to submit some op-eds to the court. <laughs> Sounds like a great idea. Your liberties are under attack too. Why? Did you watch the hearing yesterday? Did you catch it? They had a, a hearing up at the Senate with, uh, well, it was by remote, with Dr. Fauci and Moorefield from the CDC. Uh, and the hearing, of course, by the Democrats turned into a total farce when the Democrats got to speak. Ladies and gentlemen, their talking points now are firm. They are concrete. The concrete is dry. What are their talking points? I've been warning you about it for weeks. Testing, testing, testing. Tracing, tracing, tracing. Why do they love the, we need more testing, we need more tracing talking point? They love it, ladies and gentlemen, because they're going to use it as a reason to keep the economy locked down. These economic lockdowns, you can put what, you can put onto them whatever motives the Democrats you want. I'm going to give you Rush Limbaugh's take in a minute. But why in the absence of any scientific data a Democrat or a rhino Republican like Larry Hogan in Maryland would continue to push to bankrupt their states makes no sense if you really believe in science. Try to pick up what I'm putting down here. These lockdowns are not based in science. We don't have a complete lockdown in Florida. We never had a complete lockdown in Florida. And Florida and Georgia, which just opened up most of its economy, are doing just fine right now. They may have some flare-ups. That may happen. But they're doing all the predictions of doom and gloom. None of them came true. Florida opened up its beach. It's going to be a mass outbreak. None of that's happened. None of it. So where, where are you getting these evidence? What's the science of the lockdown? Where's your evidence that these lockdowns are doing anything? Matter of fact, we just found out a couple ironic numbers that most of the transmission of this virus is happening in the home. And we just found out through some New York data, which isn't a enormous set of data, but it's enough to ask questions that ironically, the infection rate amongst healthcare workers was lower than the infection rate amongst the general population. I didn't get that wrong. That's some New York data. Again, it's a small set. You don't want to draw too many conclusions, but very odd suggesting we don't have a grasp really entirely of how well this thing spreads or why these lockdowns are even necessary anymore. But the Democrats want to continue to lock them down. And their talking point is we got to lock them down, not to flatten the curve. That was their original goalpost one, goalpost one. We need to flatten the curve. Curve's been flattened. Now goalpost, here's the goalpost. Move, move, move. But they can't use flatten the curve anymore as a reason to lock it down because it's been flattened. So that talking point is done. And their media idiots play along. They needed a new one. And testing and tracing is their new talking point. Why? Because you can never test enough. Therefore, here's the goalpost. Ooh, right off camera. The goal, there is no goalpost because it keeps moving. So it's effectively not a goalpost at all because you'll never score a goal. Because when you test someone, that test is good at that acute moment in time. That's it. That test is not valid. 10 seconds later, if you walk out of your house and encounter the coronavirus, you'd have to get tested again and again. And again, which makes it a perpetually moving goalpost, which makes it no goalpost at all. In other words, if we can open up the economy when we reach a certain testing point, which they'll never give you, we would have scored a goal. You can't score a goal on a goalpost that isn't there. So testing and tracing is their new talking point. 
it is becoming their cause celeb for keeping the economy locked down, which is doing significant damage to the American citizen and significant damage to the president's reelection chances, too. Just a fact. Can you argue that? Please argue that with me. No, it's not doing damage to the American citizen. Please explain that to me. As I said on Hannity last night, food supply is now strained. Hospitals are bankrupt. You can't even get a roll of toilet, toilet paper anywhere in the state of Florida anymore. You have people missing medical procedures. Cancer diagnoses are down. Why? Because there's less cancer? No, because people have cancer and don't know because they're not going to the doctor. Alcohol abuse, drug abuse, suicide hotlines are exploding. Yeah, explain, explain, explain. Don't factor any of that in. Lock it down, crowd. None. We need testing. Testing and testing. Idiots. So it's a permanently moving goalpost because they don't want the economy to open up. Your business and your family be damned. They don't care. You have a tyrant up in Michigan, Michigan, uh, Gretchen Whitmer, a total abomination to humankind. Hogan in Maryland, Wolf in Pennsylvania. I'm getting all your emails from Pennsylvania. People begging me to talk about it. Wolf in Pennsylvania, who is now threatening to withhold money from counties. But please, someone sue the living snot out of Tom Wolf in Pennsylvania, one of the worst governors in the country, an abomination to humankind. Now, here's Limbaugh from yesterday. He's a real clear uh, investigator, real clear politics, one of them. They have a bunch of different titles, but it's up in the show notes. Please read this, Bongino.com slash newsletter. Check this out. Be up at BonginoReport.com too. Again, why the shutdown? So here's Limbaugh. Put up that real clear piece. So uh, this is a piece by Ian Schwartz, Real Clear Politics, sorry. Limbaugh, next four months will be war like you've never seen. Dems will try to keep the economy shut down. Now, here's a transcript from Russia's show yesterday, and there's a lot of it. You can read the whole transcript, but I just want to highlight this one part because Rush brings up an interesting point. There's no science behind these lockdowns. Again, Georgia opened up and the apocalyptic predictions of mass death and World War Z, Walking Dead type zombie apocalypse in Georgia, none of that's actually come true. So I'm asking again, where's the science behind the lockdown? Where's your stuff? We believe in science. When Democrats say they believe in science, they really mean they believe in politics. So here's what Limbaugh said yesterday on his show. Quote, Limbaugh, they shut down and locked down and they want to remain locked down until July or August or whatever. And nothing's going to open and nothing's going to happen. And they fully expect the red states to sit there and essentially pay for it. Folks, I'm going to tell you, these next four months are going to be a veritable war like we've never seen. The American left and the Democrat Party is going to do its best to keep this economy shut down, to expand and extend that shutdown and blow up their own country's jobs just to ensure that Trump loses. That's not someone knocking on my door. That's me banging my foot on the bottom of the desk if that's coming across. So I ask you this, if the Democrats and the rhinos like Larry Hogan in Maryland are keeping their economies shut down in these states, it's not based on science. We don't have, you have no evidence that that's done. The science isn't saying that at all. It's saying most of the transmission is by people being locked down in their homes with people who are infected. So I'm not interested in your science talking point because it's not science. It's your, it's your science talking point. There's a difference. It's not real science based on real data. So if you're not doing it because of science, if you're not doing it anymore to flatten the curve, curves have been flattened. If you're not doing it to open up hospital beds, hospital beds are open. People aren't even going to the doctor, which is causing some of them, sadly, to miss diagnoses, which who may die later. Why are you doing it? 
kind of hurts Trump, doesn't it? Hurts the country, destroys your citizens. Are you that sick? Are you? I'm, I'm just going to throw that out there. Are you that troubled? Remember the goal? Post? No, no, we're doing it now because of testing. When? When testing today? So if we test everybody in the country tomorrow, are you okay with that? You know what they would say? Guaranteed. They'd say, no, no, that test, you got to test them again tomorrow because we don't know. They could have messed up. <laughs> Goalpost. They don't want it opened up. Now, their other talking point, no, we can't open up until we test perpetually. Testing, 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 tracing, tra- tracing, tracing, tra- contact, trace everyone. Did I, I didn't play Atlas. I skipped right over that, right? That's why. <laughs> I see why. Here's Scott Atlas. It's a little better. This I did it out of order, but it's better. Here is Scott Atlas from the Hoover Institution, who is terrific. Scott Atlas on Tucker Carlson's show, explaining why this, we have to trace. In other words, if you find someone who's infected, you're going to have to go contact every single person this person was around. Here's Atlas explaining why that's absurd. We've already had the outbreak. That only works in the beginning of the outbreak when you can stop it, not when hundreds of thousands of people, maybe millions, have come into contact with this. What are you going to knock on the door of every human being in the United States? This is an absurdity. Here's Scott Atlas talking about exactly that. Contact tracing is an important tool for public health pandemics, but not now, not in this stage, not when millions and millions of people already have the virus. It's sort of a completely illogical use of this very important tool. This contact uh, tracing is useful when a new pandemic starts very early in a very focused small group, like it happened in South Korea at the beginning of all this with the small religious sect. Or if this comes back, and if it comes back in, say, fall or winter or spring, after this is all cooled down, right now, there is it, it's simply illogical and, and impossible to do contact tracing. There's no reason to have contact tracing as a predicate for reopening. It's the improper tool at this point in this infection. But the Democrats know that. They know it's an improper tool as a predicate to reopen because they don't want to reopen. And they know tracing is a right now tracing on a mass scale is a fool's errand. What is it going to do? Let me ask you a simple question to the liberals who I know I, I get you don't care about any of this. Your fellow man, your 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 buddy's business. I, you, you probably don't care about your own. You'd rather go bankrupt than see Trump reelected. I get that. But let me ask you a simple question. If. Seven or eight people you find out have the coronavirus jump on the subway in New York City. Can you please explain to me how you're going to contact trace every single person? What are you going to do? Oh, oh, oh. What are you going to implement a surveillance state? What are we, China? No, now you're going to have to register. Oh, they're already doing that. You go into a business. These businesses have to take names of customers. Democrats. Hey, Joe, what have we been saying for years now? When it comes down to the Democrats, what do they love more than anything? Control. Control. I used to have Joe answer that one for me. He's heard it so many times. He's sick of it. (laughs) Control. They love control. There's nothing liberals would love more than a quasi-government surveillance state. And what better way to do it than to have to contact trace basically the entire United States? Where you been? What'd you do? What restaurants you go to? They love this stuff. Look at this bill. LifeSite News. Did you read this one? House bill, I'm not kidding, 6666. They should have cut a six off. Would have been even better. LifeSite News, U.S. Democrats propose ominous 666 bill for coronavirus uh, tracing. What does this bill do? Well, from the LifeSite News piece. That'll be up in the show notes, too. The bill authorizes Health and Human Services to give out $100 billion. $100 
billion for fiscal year 2020 to eligible entities to conduct diagnostic testing for COVID-19 and related activities such as contact tracing through mobile health units. Ah, listen to this. Listen to this. And as necessary at individuals' residence and for other purposes? <laughs> this is a liberal's dream. This is a liberal's dream. A hundred billion for groups. Groups. You know, groups like, what, what are you going to get, Acorn in there? These are going to be these like social, right? These are going to be these like, uh, these community organizer groups. They're probably led by Barack Obama that are going to get to what? Knock on your door and start taking surveys about you, about where you've been. And a hundred billion, you're going to keep them on the government dole? To do what? Tell, tell five and six million people a day they can't leave their homes. What are they going to be doing? Sitting in the driveway watching them? Fair question. What's the penalty if they don't? They say, Dan, that's dangerous. We still do live in a free country, folks. If you come into contact with someone with the coronavirus, you get a test and it's negative. But the what the, the community organizer, $100 billion new government workforce, the, the, a little army of them going to sit outside your house. With, hey, Joey Bag of Donuts left his house. We're reporting you. This is a Democrat's dream. Community groups, big money, government surveillance get to knock on your door all day, collect aid on you. This is a Democrat's dream. Appropriately numbered 6666. They love this. They love this kind of stuff. This tracing stuff. This is great. And we can't open the economy until we testing, 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 tracing, tracing, tracing. This is a dream for them. They'll keep it locked down forever because you can't possibly test and retest. It's not even possible. You can't. It's a goalpost that isn't there. So they can lock it down and continue to damage the economy. And secondly, if if you agree to our tracing bill, maybe we'll consider reopening. But then we need $100 billion for community groups to sit outside your house and make sure you don't break the quarantine. We told you, you, you know, you better stay in your home. Oh, my gosh. How do people fall for this stuff? So in our A block of the show, which is very long to use TV lingo, first we talk about the justice system collapsing. Judge Sullivan, just like opening it up. Hey, you lefties, come on in. Come on in. Let's uh, keep this guy in a political prison, Flynn. Now we talk about your liberties collapsing entirely. You have no economic freedom anymore. They're proposing $100 billion to have people come to your door and contact trace you. God forbid you were anywhere near the Wuhan virus. But now, before I go, I'm going to get to my third sponsor here, but I want to move on to this next segment right after that. Usually, the in a, in a sane society, in a just society, you would have honest media representatives with spines and dignity and honor who would report on this stuff and start to question it and ask questions like I just asked. It's a fair question, is it not, to say, so you're going to contact, trace people? You're going to give them the authority to show up at people's houses? Is it not a fair question to ask what the penalty is if they don't come out of the house? I mean, if they come out of the house and break it? Well, what is the penalty? None of the media, the media has completely abandoned us. I'm going to get to that in a second, how they forget them. They're lost. Write them up. Finally, today's show brought to you by our friends at We the People Holsters. This is one of their better ones, their Constitution Holster. We love this one. It's my personal favorite. This is from my Glock 43. Thanks so much for supporting We the People Holsters. They've been flooded with orders because of records number record numbers of people who are buying firearms and ammunition for the first time. If you want them, please be safe and please holster that new firearm 
in a We the People holster. These are really great holsters. My favorite, I like this one. This is the Constitution one. See that clip on the back. If you want to check it out, go to youtube.com slash Bongino. You can look at it right here. Starting at just $39, We the People holsters are custom designed to fit your firearm perfectly and made right here in the USA. They have thousands of options to choose from, plus an amazing selection of printed holsters. Their proprietary clip design on the back there also allows you to easily adjust the cant and the ride so you don't get that rub and that iliac bone, you know, the in-the-waistband holsters, the crappy ones. You, you, Most of you have seen them. They're terrible. Your gun's not properly secured in there. They don't fit right. It's really awful. Not what we the people. They have this clip here, and you can adjust the cant and the ride for comfort and security. Now's the time to support American companies. Go to wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan and get yours. Every holster ships free and comes with a lifetime guarantee. You'll get an additional $10 off with the offer code Dan. That's a big savings. Satisfaction is guaranteed. They've been flooded with orders. That's not, a, <laughs> it's not, that's not a myth. If it's not a perfect fit, send it back for a total refund. WeThePeopleHolsters.com slash Dan. WeThePeopleHolsters.com slash Dan. Uh, WeThePeopleHolsters.com slash Dan. Offer code Dan. Go check them out today. I love it. It's a really good one. I like this one. Okay. So justice is done. Liberty's cooked in the microwave. Media. You'd think they'd be there to save us. They're not. They are actually part of the problem, if not the problem themselves. As I've always said, I will always respect, honor, and fight for their First Amendment right, the media, but that also includes the right to be stupid, which they unfortunately take us up upon all the time. What do I mean by that? Well, they've abandoned us on truth and justice, and they won't call out the facts. But what's even worse about that is when we call the media out and we catch them in lies, which is, I, I mean, it's, it's just been a, I can't even... If I, if I did a listicle here of all of the media lies, the show would just never end today. But we caught them. They're caught. Now with the Flynn case and all that's come out and the Russia hoax, we've caught them in the biggest hoax in American history, promoting the collusion hoax. The cloaks, they, hoax. They are so, they're busted. They're done. You would think they would head in hand in tears Come to the American people, the New York Times, the Washington Post, CNN, MSNBC, and all these liberal hacks out there, and beg for forgiveness so we can trust them again. But they won't. They have not even apologized for getting the biggest story of the decade, maybe multiple decades, the collusion hoax wrong. What do I mean by that? Even straight news people, real news people like Brit Hume at Fox, he plays it straight. Brit Hume has been a well-respected journalist for 50 years. Was on Martha McCallum last night. I want to play this for you. He was trending on Twitter because of this. It's an important thing. This is, this is an actual newsman saying he cannot believe this. That's this rush. They're still going with this collusion hoax. It is the biggest act of journalistic malfeasance in his 50 years. Listen to this clip. It's damning. This is not an opinion guy. This is a news guy. As for the journalism involved in the pursuit of that story, the collusion narrative that we lived with for so very long before it was blown up in the Mueller report, it was the worst journalistic fiasco of my now more than 50-some years in journalism. It was a, it was a disaster. And you look, look at what uh, the editor of the New York Times, Dean Baquet, said about it. He said he'd, he had set up his whole newsroom, his whole journalistic operation was to cover that story. And it ended up, you know, going nowhere. It was a, it was a terrible uh, journalistic misjudgment, and it was rooted in their view, in my opinion, it was rooted in their view of Donald Trump that when this charge arose, they thought so little of him that he was such a terrible person that it had to be true. 
And the Washington Post and the New York Times pursued it relentlessly. Um, their coverage did not reflect any real doubt that it, you know, that it might not turn out to be, to be true at any time. And in the end, it all blew up. Um, you would think they'd learn. Um, they don't seem to learn, though, these journalists who were involved in that. You know, they got the whole story mm. about the Covington kids wrong, and, and it goes on. It's yeah. still going on. And, and I think the coverage of the, of the, of the coronavirus uh, uh, epidemic has reflected this. You know, there's a desire that, you know, mm. to see this thing as, as uh, that the this, this shutdown should continue endlessly, and anything that points in that direction they love, and anything that doesn't they don't. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't encourage you in strong enough terms with every fiber of my soul and being to please ignore these media lunatics, these liberal media lunatics. They are not on the side of truth. They are nothing more than liars. Somebody said to me, as I used to say, that they tell Aesop's fables and someone emailed me and you're right. You know, the, they said, you know what, Aesop was, a, those were good, positive, don't even associate them with it. You don't know what, you're right. I will never say that again. Those Aesop's fables were good, positive stories. The media is never on the side of positivity or truth. You are absolutely correct. That was great. I always appreciate your feedback. I thought about that and said, they're right. I read Aesop's fables growing up. These are Posop's fables. You know Posop? I don't know him either. It's some idiot who wrote stupid fables about bad guys. That's what the media does. Hume can't believe it. They were on the wrong side of the biggest hoax in American history, and they're still on the wrong side as promoting these extended lockdowns with no data or science to back it up whatsoever. Andrew Cuomo, he's a hero. Andrew Cuomo got people killed by sending infected people into nursing homes. Ron DeSantis in Florida, he's a Republican. He's awful. He's the worst. He opened up the beaches. It's going to be the zombie apocalypse. None of that's happened. None of it. And you're relying on these media people for news. You understand they're lying. They're just making it up. Now, not only are they making it up, these are awful people. Listen, I did a lot of time at CNN. I was never a paid contributor, but did a significant amount of work over at CNN. I was there for probably two years. I know a lot of people there. And I can tell you, not every one of them is a total loser. Some of them were decent people on the wrong side of it. I mean, but some, very few, I'd say. Brian Stelter is not one of them. This is the single dumbest human being in media. He is the gold medal of winner of toolboxes in the media. This is not a good person. This is a guy who's not only not bright, but has a really dark soul. Stelter, incredibly, on this media bit we're doing here of the show, how they've totally failed you, is not only not apologizing for being a discredited, debunked conspiracy theorist who promoted the biggest hoax in American history, the collusion hoax. He's not apologizing. Stelter is now doubling down incredibly big hat tip Washington Free Beacon for this ex excellent montage and suggesting that us talking about Flynn, the abomination of justice and the collusion hoax they pushed totally falling apart, that us talking about it amazingly is a distraction to keep us away from talking about the coronavirus they're distracting us about. With their locked in. This is incredible. This is real. Listen to this montage of this clown show. George Costanza slash Brian Stelter. Listen to this Be Washington Beacon montage. And who was really obsessed with the collusion hoax? Check this out. So disappointing to look at what we're seeing from right wing media these days, where there's such an obsession with the deep state and these uh, revelations about the Russia probe. <laughs> 
The latest on the Robert Mueller Russia investigation. Mueller investigation. The Russian investigation. Trump's Russia ties. And Robert Mueller. The real Russia story. Russia probe. The ongoing Russia probe. Russia probe. The Russian investigation. But Mueller and the Russia probe. Russia synergies. They wonder if Russia has compromising information on the president. What is the source for the president's claim that they have found no collusion with Russia? He misspelled collusion. Every day we're trying to keep track of the drip, drip, drip of the Russia investigation. Drip, 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 Trump and Russia to see whether Trump was secretly working for Russia. Bring it back to Russia and Russia and Russia, 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 Robert Mueller, Robert Mueller, special counsel, Robert Mueller, Robert Mueller, Robert Mueller, Robert Mueller, Robert Mueller, Robert Mueller, Mueller investigation, Mueller report, Russia conspiracy. Do you believe that he's colluding with Russia? I wish I could just say no. There's Costanza there. This is your media guy. We're obsessed with Russia to distract from the coronavirus after he promoted the collusion hoax and is now promoting a hoax that these lockdowns, these extended lockdowns, are somehow going to save us. He has no evidence of this at all. This is this this guy has a very dark. So I'm very sorry to tell you that when he's not, you know, fetching coffee for his buddy Oliver Darcy. What an awful human being. All right, I got a lot to get. I don't want to waste too much time on stuff because even Paula gets sick of hearing about this guy. This bill, Nancy Pelosi's pushing, moving on. She's she's pushing another massive spending bill. Another massive. There's no more money. Listen, there's no more money. There's no more. Does everybody get this? Please, to every group of people out there, I'm not going to put you in boxes because the liberals do that. But I do want to talk about it to seniors, to people out there who are middle-aged, middle-class people. Do you understand there's no money? Social Security, there's no money. Medicaid, there's no money. Unemployment benefits, there's no money. There's no money. I know this bothers you, but we have an incoming tax revenue every year of about $3 trillion. $3 trillion. We're spending about $4 trillion or more a year, and we're spending now on this coronavirus upwards of likely $10 trillion. In other words, we're spending money we don't have. There's no money. So Pelosi wants to spend $3 trillion more right now. Look at what's in this bill. Read this piece by the Daily Signal. It's amazing. And by amazing, I mean really bad. Five key provisions in the Democrats' COVID-19 bill that will hurt our economy. I'm not going to get to all five. I just want to hit two to show you how hypocritical the Democrats are. There's no more money to spend. Please understand that. There is zero money to spend anymore. We are in debt up to our eyeballs. We are on the verge of a national bankruptcy like humankind has never seen. Ignore it at your own peril. I don't care who's in office, who the president is, who the Senate leader is, who the Speaker of the House is. It is a mathematical certainty. If we don't get a hold of this soon, we will go bankrupt. Look at this joke in the They want to lift the salt cap. You know, the salt cap, which is basically a it, it is a cap on the deduction you can take in your state and local taxes. That's what salt is. It's an acronym. State and local taxes. Why does any of this matter? Because if you live in a blue state, largely, but not all, largely, that tax benefit goes to very wealthy people who pay a lot of state taxes, over $10,000. Why would they pay a lot of state taxes? Because they make a lot of money and the state taxes them a lot. You say, no, that doesn't sound right. So this is a tax cut for generally wealthy, generally, not all, but generally wealthy people. Yes, it is. I support it, by the way. Pelosi doesn't want, wait, wait, that, that, you're like, that can't make, that, that, that doesn't make any sense. Nancy Pelosi's a liberal from San Francisco. They love taxing the rich, don't they? That's their thing. 
That's what they told us, right? But so now she's fighting to lift a tax cut that benefits largely wealthy people? Yes, because she's a total fraud in a stimulus bill. Stimulus bill. You and you, No liberals will call them out on this either. Why? Because the liberals benefiting from this tax cut live in blue states and they'll get more money in their wallet because you're a phony. Look at me. You wake up in the morning, every morning, and your life is a lie. I support tax cuts for liberals in blue states because I believe even liberals can spend their money better than the government. Darren, I have no problem with principle. My spine is secure. You're a liar. Your life is a lie. You look in the mirror, you're a lie. You lie to your kids, your family, and everyone around you. We should tax the rich. Okay, let's tax you in a blue state where not me, not me. I want this salt deduction. Now, no, no, I didn't mean me. I meant other rich guys and gals. I didn't mean actually tax me. What are you talking about? Because you're a fraud. Because you're a phony. Please explain to me why that salt cap should be reduced. I thought you wanted to tax the rich. You won't. You're a total fake. Again, they want bailouts too. Here's another part. Bailing out states and localities in the bill. It includes a trillion dollars in aids to state and local governments with the vast majority being unrestricted aid that does not directly respond to costs incurred in the fight against COVID-19. Um, No, we're not doing that. I grew up in blue states. I have a lot of friends there. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but people have been voted in in blue states that decided to waste your money and throw it away on liberal utopia projects, and they have bankrupted you. There is nothing we can do about that in red states. I left. I did not want government in my life. I moved to Florida, where the government footprint is very small. We actually have more people in New York, and we have almost roughly half the budget. Think about what I'm telling you. Florida has more people, residents in New York. That's a fact. And the budget is about half of what New York State spends. That's true. I moved here to get away from that. I am not paying for it now to finance it. You want me to pay for schools I got away from in New York while not financing our own schools in Florida? No, thank you. Not interested. Not interested at all. Also is in there, you get this $600 employment bonus they want to continue, which is preventing people from going back to work because some, not all people are making more money on employment than going back to work. Also, they so they want to continue that. Of course, they don't want people back to work. They want to forgive student loans, what that has to do with uh, the coronavirus. I have no idea. And they want to bail out the postal service, which again, I have absolutely no idea how this has anything to do with coronavirus. And I'm very sorry. I, listen, I, I have no issue. My, I've had a lot of mail carriers who are in my family, actually. It's not a personal beef. But I worked for the government. I left. I left because I felt like I had something else. I left my pension. I didn't, you know, I, I'm really sorry. I was there. The postal service has been run terribly and taxpayers are being forced constantly to this pressure to bail them out. No, I'm very sorry. They have to figure it out. We should not be valuing any human being in any job over any other human being. Why the government or government-sponsored enterprises or private enterprises that get the de facto backing of the government, whether they may be Fannie, Freddie, or other enterprises like the Postal Service, these jobs, yes, they matter. They all matter. They matter a lot, but they don't matter more than other people's jobs too. If they can't figure out how to run the organization, then I'm sorry. We don't need it. Someone else must. I'm really sorry, but I can't lie to people like that. All right. 
So our final story, this is a good one. I should have teased this at the beginning of the show and I didn't, shame on me, because it's so good. I'm afraid, I'm actually terrified. We may have, if someone that could, you know, only could listen for a little while, gonna miss this. I have been warning you for a long time, I don't know, two plus years now, about Marie Yovanovitch. You're like, who is that? That's how some of you are like, oh my gosh, Marie Yovanovitch, she's back. Oh yeah, she's back. You remember Marie Yovanovitch? Our ambassador in Ukraine testified against Trump in the impeachment trial. Had a lot of nasty things to say. Remember, she was a hero on the left. Oh, they loved her. Filmed her going in, you know, the walk and everything. They loved Marie Ivanovich. I had warned you about Marie Ivanovich for a long time. That a lot of things were going on in Ukraine that appeared to be anti-Trump from our own embassy, wrapped in our own flag. A lot of things when Yovanovitch was there. Interesting. She's supposed to be representing the country's interests, not her own. She appeared to be representing her own political interests. But even worse about Yovanovitch, she was turned into a hero after she testified against Trump. But was that testimony true? I'm just going to ask the question. Was Marie Yovanovitch lying under oath in the impeachment trial? Marie Ivanovich, uh, during the impeachment trial, was asked multiple times about Burisma. You know, the company Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son worked for, that was under investigation. And Ivanovich was like, hey, I don't know much about it. I heard about it during the Q&A. Uh, I was never really briefed on it, except for this one thing in the State Department. I don't know much about it. Oh, oh, oh really? Yeah, listen to Ivanovich herself when asked about how much she knew about Burisma, Hunter Biden, and other stuff. Here's her own words. I have never met Hunter Biden, nor have I had any direct or indirect conversations with him. And although I have met former Vice President Biden several times over the course of our many years in government service, neither he nor the previous administration ever raised the issue of either Burisma or Hunter Biden with me. Really? They didn't? Ever? Well, that's interesting because John Solomon at justthenews.com, at his new website, has this interesting story up today that that doesn't always kind of gel with the actual facts, what Marie Ivanovich says. You're not allowed to go after Marie Ivanovich and the truth, though. She's a martyr on the left. You know that. Media loves her. Marie Ivanovich, bastion of truth. Here's an article by John Solomon in the show notes today. Impeachment boomerang. Contacts exposed between U.S. Embassy and Hunter Biden-connected Ukraine firm. The Ambassador Yovanovitch's impeachment testimony. Ah, what? You, 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 you got to keep that up. You, you, you're too quick on the trigger finger to back up again. Ambassador's impeachment testimony omitted mention of Burisma meetings and letters. Oh, it did? So just to be clear, Yovanovitch, I don't know nothing about nothing about nothing about Burisma. Let's go to takeaway number one from the just the news piece. Yovanovitch declared under oath on October 11th, 2019, during the impeachment hoax about Burisma. Hey, it just wasn't a big deal, she declared. But newly unearthed State Department memos obtained under the Freedom of Information Act show Yovanovitch's embassy in Kiev, including the ambassador herself, was engaged in several discussions and meetings about Burisma as the gas firm scrambled during the 2016 election and transition to settle a long-running corruption investigation and polish its image before President Trump took office. Weird. Yovanovitch saying, I don't know anything about anything about anything, but that's not exactly what the communications trail and the little footprints they left behind happen to say. She lied? 
I'm just asking. Are we allowed to ask that? I don't understand. I mean, you're not allowed to ask that at all. We're only allowed to ask if Mike Flynn was lying. You're not allowed to ask if anyone else, our golden calves are lying. We worship these people. You're not allowed to ask that. Because Marie Ivanovich's testimony under oath doesn't seem to be commensurate with the information we now have coming out. Let's go to takeaway number two. Yovanovitch, for instance, was specifically warned in an email. She was warned in an email. I thought she said she wasn't by her top deputy in September of 2016, three years before her testimony. This can't be. She was warned that Burisma had hired an American firm with deep Democrat connections called Blue Star Strategies to, quote, rehabilitate the reputation of the gas firm and that it had placed, quote, Hunter Biden on its board, the memo show. I thought she didn't know. Says she also met directly with uh, someone from Burisma in her embassy office. Uh, well, how? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, 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 I don't know. Maybe are we, are we allowed to ask? Is this okay? Are we? No, no, you're not allowed to ask that. It's not a Trump associate to be set up for a perjury trap or false statements trap. You're not allowed to ask if they're lying. Obama era people who don't like you. You're not allowed to ask any of that. Sure. Oh, it gets even better. Here's takeaway number three from John Solomon's piece. A little happy on the trigger finger there today. You gotta stand, stand down a little bit. Stand down. Like a Wyatt Earp over there with the trigger finger there, Paula. It's like, it's like Doc Holliday. She's the Huckleberry today. I'm your Huckleberry. Senator Ron Johnson, chairman of the Senate Homeland Security uh, Committee, has been trying to subpoena documents about Blue Star Strategies, which was working with Burisma, and it's worked for Burisma for weeks, but has been blocked by opposition from Mitt Romney, whose friend serves on the Burisma board. <laughs> He said, oh, Mittens strikes back again. Oh, Mittens, he's a, uh, this guy should resign from the Republican Party immediately. But it gets better. The memos show that both Blue Star Strategies and the Atlantic Council, oh, this is great, a nonprofit played a role in the fall of 2016, pressing the U.S. Embassy in Kiev to change its position on Burisma and Zlochevsky, who the embassy viewed as corrupt. Zlochevsky has long denied any wrongdoing. So just to be crystal clear, we got Mittens in the way now, again, because Mittens doesn't want the truth. Uh, but now we know the Atlantic Council and Blue Star, this lobbying firm, were pushing Yovanovitch and the embassy to get away from investigating this guy's Lochevsky, who ran a company that hired Hunter Biden. Don't get confused. This isn't hard here. I know the liberals are having a tough time. You conservatives are picking this up, right? So a lobby firm, Blue Star, and the Atlantic Council, remember that for a moment, are pushing our ambassador, Yovanovitch, who's obviously an Ob Obama acolyte, in 2016, are pushing them to make this case against the company Hunter Biden's working for go away. But that can't be. Yovanovitch told her she didn't know nothing about nothing about nothing. Again, we're not allowed to ask if she was lying. God forbid. Marie Yovanovitch, she's to be beatified tomorrow, sainted, Saint Yovanovitch. So the Atlantic Council was involved in this, according to Solomon's reporting, in the pushing of Marie Yovanovitch to make this case go away that she said she didn't know anything about. Let's go to this piece of the observer just to refresh folks about the Atlantic Council. This is an interesting one I used to use often. So the observer, Ukraine tried to tip the election in Clinton's favor from the observer. This is back in January of 2017, but there's an interesting little snippet from this piece that's just fascinating, isn't it? 
Let's go to that. About the Atlantic Council, in addition to the Chalupas, the co-founder and CTO of CrowdStrike, the cybersecurity firm the DNC hired to investigate the alleged hacks, Dmitry Alperovich, also serves as a senior fellow to the Atlantic Council. Wow. Which is an openly anti-Russian organization, partly. The Atlantic Council is funded by Ukrainian oligarch Viktor Pinchuk, who also happens to be a prolific donor to the Clinton Foundation. The DNC also denied multiple requests from the FBI to access their servers, effectively forcing the FBI to rely on CrowdStrike's assessment of the, quote, hacks. So just to sum that up, a mega million dollar donor to Hillary Clinton, Victor Pinchuk, who, when we found emails about Pinchuk going over Clinton's house for dinner, the Clinton's team denied it, pretending they didn't know Pinchuk. He funds the Atlantic Council, funds the Clinton Foundation, too, to some degree. Pinchuk's obviously a friend of them. This Atlantic Council, which also has the CTO of CrowdStrike, the company that said, yes, it was a hack by the Russians, but we don't really have a conclusive evidence of that, as we showed earlier in the week. They're also on the Atlantic Council, the same Atlantic Council that was pushing our ambassador overseas to dump the investigation into the company Joe Biden's kid works for while she claims she didn't know anything about it. But don't worry, folks, nothing to see here at all. No worries. All right, don't miss tomorrow's show. I'm going to get to this. I got a story about Brennan I wanted to get to today, but I'll have to get to it tomorrow because it's going to require some explanation. And I'll just leave you with this. Is Brennan sweating right now? I think he is. Is Brennan going to be in handcuffs and go to jail? I don't know. Again, I'm not a law enforcement officer anymore. I don't have that power. All I'm telling you is he's panicking on Twitter for a reason. There's a big reason. So don't miss the show tomorrow. i get to that. And some good news about some elections too. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Please subscribe to my show. It is all free. YouTube.com slash Bongino and on Apple Podcasts. When you subscribe, again, it's free. It's not, it's no cost to you whatsoever. Just so you know, it helps us move up the charts on those platforms and it helps other people find the show. And it, keeps our marketing expenses down, which helps us a lot. We're trying to get the message out. We really appreciate you subscribing. Thanks a lot. We'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.